Hello and welcome to episode six of the Wolf Sports Show. Again, we're going to try to get through every team. It won't be all 32 teams this week because four teams are on a bye. But we're going to try to hit everyone that's playing in week six. We'll look ahead to Thursday through Monday. Also going back a little bit with thoughts on the previous week. Like we did the past couple of shows. We're trying to look out for all fans, whatever team you cheer for. I know the mainstream sports networks don't really cover every team. They like to talk about the same things over and over, I guess. Like you have people on one of the big networks. The one guy just acts like a complete idiot, keeps saying Josh Allen is a fluke or whatever. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it doesn't get old for everyone, but... And I certainly don't watch any of those shows. And I don't go on Twitter much anymore, but like I went on this morning and saw like, again, the same guy who, I don't know, he's an expert on everything, I guess, talking about the Bills and Josh Allen, saying Allen is, I guess, not an MVP front runner. He must not be watching the games, actually, but I guess he's an expert on everything, so... To begin the show, before going into week six, I want to talk a little bit about the big story, one of the biggest stories in the world, not just sports, the John Gruden situation. I'm sure if you're listening, you're aware he was basically forced out. He had to resign as the head coach of the Raiders after some private emails were leaked to the media. It started last week when he made a comment about DeMora Smith that was seen as racist. And then a huge batch of emails came out from the New York Times on Monday night, Monday evening. And there were disparaging remarks about more, I guess, groups. I'm speaking on this as somebody that, like, I don't curse anyone that knows me. I don't use foul language. So I, I obviously did not like Groon's emails, but I also don't like the situation where private emails are leaked. And basically, I mean, he has a ton of money, so he's not going to suffer too much. But basically, his life is kind of ruined, his public life anyway. There are many people in glass houses, throwing stones. Again, I was not a fan of the emails, but I think a lot of people, if you went through their private emails over the years, you would find stuff you did not like. Gruden was upset about some things over the years. He didn't like the direction of labor negotiations in 2011 and the direction of the game, even as not to loop him in, but as Tom Brady said, as I've discussed before, like the game's gotten a little softer. Gruden's clearly not a fan. He went over the top with his language, did some other not great things in his emails, but it's kind of crazy. Like how he's just basically completely canceled, erased the Buccaneers removed him from the ring of honor. These weren't like public comments. And again, it would be interesting to see other emails from people, private emails. I don't think 
a lot of people would not like what would be found in their own emails, I would say. It's unfortunate today if the social media mob, Twitter mob, is after you're done. You're, I guess, canceled. It's almost reminiscent of 1984, the book, where, so basically Gruden's done. He's, I don't see him getting another head coaching job ever. He's not going to be on TV again. He was good on Monday Night Football with ESPN for several years. But basically he's done now. He's wiped from memory almost. Again, the Ring of Honor took him out, the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. And it's kind of sad there's no room for redemption. I'm sure Gruden will not ever write an email like that again, I would think. He would not anyway. And redemption is a big thing in the NFL. Like Antonio Brown and Richard Sherman for the Buccaneers, they have done some regrettable stuff. The Buccaneers signed them in the past couple of years. Other guys, obviously Tyreek Hill, he's had some some really bad actions throughout his life. The Chiefs gave him a shot. Even the Super Bowl halftime show, I'm sure Eminem and them, they've, it's out there. It's public. It's not like a private thing. They've used pretty much the stuff Gruden said, same terms and everything, yet they're doing the Super Bowl halftime show, and that's fine. Not to use whataboutism, but it's kind of clear why the emails were leaked, who leaked them. I don't want to get too much into it, but it's pretty obvious. There were 650,000 emails as part of the investigation into the Washington football team, which is what uncovered these John Gruden emails. His brother, Jay, was coach of the of Washington, and Bruce Allen, a friend of like the Grudens, was the team president for Washington. It doesn't take a genius to know there was some agenda from somebody to get Gruden's emails leaked. Just whatever, whatever, however many emails John Gruden sent that they got out of 650,000. It's almost like Gruden was a sacrificial lamb. Remember the team owners, some people were calling for their emails during the Colin Kaepernick situation. They were not put out, made public. Yet John Gruden's were somehow an investigation that started with the Washington football team, basically ruined Gruden's public life and the Vegas, the direction of the Las Vegas franchise, which was in a pretty exciting spot in the new awesome stadium with Gruden taking things in the right direction on the field. And we'll see, we'll see, maybe more emails will come out. But if it's just limited to Gruden, not a good look, but there's not much really anyone can do about it. He's the one. He's his relieved for whatever reason, and he's done. I thought Derek Carr kind of summed up nicely. It's a, unfortunate for Carr and for the players that some of which I'm sure were not fans of his comments and, and remarks in the private emails. But for Carr, he said, like he's spent a lot of time with Gruden mastering his offense. He was in a good spot. Through the first three games, he played really great. And now they kind of need to reset. Carr and the team need to reset a little bit. But Carr said, like how he loves the man, Gruden, but hates the sin. You hate the sin that he did. 
which is kind of spot on. It was a sin, and he's having no chance at redemption for it. I wouldn't think anyway that'll get another shot. So it's unfortunate. Unfortunate situation all around. The emails weren't good. And I want to share a Keep Tlaib said on a podcast. I think it's its own show on Blue Wire podcast. He said, like, he played for Gruden with the Bucks. He said, like, there's no way he's a racist. And basically, a few months ago, he said that Gruden had called him and, like, congratulated him on that Tlaib announces on Fox. Now he's an entertaining uh, broadcaster. But Gruden called him a few months ago and, like, congratulated him for what he's doing on TV. And Tlaib said he offered him some tips. And as Tlaib said, like, that's a racist wouldn't be doing that, wouldn't be going out of his way to call a young black man and give him professional advice like that. Because Gruden did that at a high level on Monday Night Football for several years. So, yeah, I think Gruden just used crazy over-the-top language in his emails. He shouldn't have done it, but they shouldn't have been leaked either. Not good all around. And one more time, it's just kind of sad there's no room for redemption today. Moving on to the field. Week 6 kicks off Thursday night football between the Bucks and the Eagles. Tampa Bay lost on Thursday night last year to Chicago. Kind of a similar spot a little bit early in the season. Philly is like a gritty kind of place and team. But the Bucks, they're coming in hot offensively. Antonio Brown looks like 2015 version of Antonio Brown. He looks as fast as ever. Him as the third receiver behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans is almost not even fair for defenses. And Brady on his own, I think it was his own podcast with Jim Gray was saying how Brown is basically a football genius and like it's hard for him to explain to people like people don't understand but the way Brown sees the game is unique so that's kind of interesting but yeah the Bucks are hard to stop I also wanted to note last week I forgot to mention how Brady passed the all-time passing yardage record for the regular season he long had it for overall including postseason but most passing yards in regular season history he passed Drew Brees' record over 80,000 yards. And I wish you could place like bets on these sorts of things, like how many Super Bowls he'll get, how many yards he'll get. I think Brady is probably going to get 100,000 yards. He's going to go well over 4,000 this year if he stays healthy. I don't know why he wouldn't keep playing for maybe another handful of years. He should coast by 100,000 yards if he keeps playing for four, three, four more years after this. That that would be something, 100,000 yards. Again, I wish you could place like bets or something on something like that. But they'll face an Eagles defense. They have not been bad against opposing receivers. They've struggled against stopping the run, which has been strange. They're normally good against the run. But they're coming off a comeback win over the Panthers. They were outplayed for most of the game. It was kind of a weird game, a weird comeback. But Jalen Hurts, when games are close, he kind of, his dual threat ability kind of can just make plays and win the game if it's close. So the Bucks are going to look to make it not close, obviously, tonight. 
then we have our second consecutive London game, second and final London morning Eastern time and morning overall in the United States on Sunday. Dolphins, Jaguars, the Jags are used to playing in London. They're 0-5 looking for a win. They haven't made a field goal all year, which is kind of crazy. Five games, no field goal makes. It was either last week or two weeks ago, I said, like, kickers deserve credit for clutch kicks they made and everything. It was pretty disastrous, the kicking game in week five. There were, like, over two dozen missed field goals and extra points. The Bengals-Packers game was just insane with the missed kicks at the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. So maybe I spoke too soon on kickers deserving more credit, but they are obviously an important part of the game. For the Jags, it's funny. Again, they're looking for the first win. Trevor Lawrence said, you can't get desperate, like looking for a win. So it was Lawrence, you can't get desperate. Then Urban Meyer said about looking for a win. (laughs) Pretty desperate. Desperate for a win. So that's funny. It's kind of opposite between the quarterback and the coach on desperation level. And for the Dolphins, they need Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and the secondary to step up. That's who the Bucks laid up last week. They didn't have a good day. Miami was good last year in part because they were a shutdown secondary, like how they played against the Chiefs last season. So they need to step up quickly if the Dolphins are going to get back on track. Also, there's a chance that Tua will return on Sunday from his rib injury after missing the minimum three games while on injured reserve. I think he'll be ready to go in a big spot. Trade deadline's coming up. Deshaun Watson rumors are swirling. So that should be an interesting one on Sunday morning, United States time in London. Vikings-Panthers features a matchup of two teams hoping to contend this season for a playoff spot. It's early, but I would say it's a really critical game for both sides as they look to make the postseason, make a run in their divisions. The Vikings looked like they were going to lose a close game to the Lions last week, gave up a late two-point conversion, but Kirk Cousins and the offense were clutch at the end, and he kind of shoved Mike Zimmer after the game. It was, I guess, them, and then Zimmer shoved them back. I guess they were just getting out some emotion a little bit. And the Panthers, again, it was a weird loss to the Eagles. They were in control most of the game, but Sam Darnold threw three interceptions. I didn't have much confidence Darnold and the offense would come back after they were after the Eagles took the lead. So it wasn't a good outing for Darnold, but remember, like it's he's on a new team and a new offense, so these might be some growing pains. He's still a young quarterback. And we'll see if he and Carolina can bounce back on Sunday. I'm not sure Christian McCaffrey will be back from his hamstring injury yet, but there is some hope. They're going to take it slow, and if he's not 100%, he probably will not play. Chargers-Ravens is a great game in Baltimore this week. Both teams are coming off crazy high-scoring wins where the quarterbacks went off. With a superstar like Justin Herbert, the Chargers are kind of winning games they would have probably lost in previous seasons. Him and Mike Williams got back on track. A couple of bomb touchdowns. Williams is just on fire this season. 
and Lamar Jackson was on fire on Monday night in the comeback win over the Colts. He did it as a passer, and they were down 19 points. And Jackson, he ran like usual, but he did most of his damage as a passer. Over 400 yards, completed 86% of his passes. The Colts were banged up in secondary. You don't want to go overboard, but it was really promising that Jackson did that. Throwing the ball, coming back, because that's kind of been a monkey on the back, especially in the postseason. So you don't want to overreact to one game, but very promising outing from Jackson in the comeback win. And it came with Baltimore not really being able to run the ball much. The Chargers are the worst run defense in the league right now, so we'll see if Baltimore can run the ball more this week. The other Los Angeles team were the primary team by the NFL standards, I guess. The Rams, they play the Giants. The Rams were able to win on Thursday night, held on and beat the Seahawks. But Matthew Stafford, again, missed several throws. He's been a streaky quarterback throughout his career, so he could maybe catch fire at the right time, but it won't cut it in January if he's missing kind of the easy throws. Like down the field, they could have had many more chunk plays last week, and they just weren't hitting on him, which has been the case the past couple of weeks. And for the Giants, they're just they were destroyed by injuries last week. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay joined a long injury list on offense last week. You got to feel for Barkley. He's struggled so much with injuries and just a freak accident, stepping on another player's cleat, rolled his ankle badly, it ballooned up. Hopefully he doesn't miss much time, maybe a couple of games, hopefully, or just maybe even one game, but we'll see. But it's not a great spot for the Giants playing a top Rams team while they are banged up. Texans-Colts is a divisional game on Sunday. Davis Mills maybe had the most surprising performance of Week 5. Lit up Bill Belichick's defense, which was shocking. So Houston might have something going with the third-round pick. And he'll face a Colts team that Jackson, Lamar Jackson just lit up. For the Colts offense, Carson Wentz also played really well last week. He missed on a few throws high, mostly early, but he was efficient and on the money. And it was against a stingy Baltimore defense. If it wasn't for the heroic comeback effort by the Ravens, there might be some talk about the Colts kind of being a team to watch in the AFC if Wentz can stay healthy and play like that. And Indy got going early with Jonathan Taylor on a 76-yard screen pass on the opening drive. Again, they need to give Taylor the ball like a lot as a runner, as a receiver. There's no excuse for at least 20 to 25 times a game as they look to get back into the playoff mix. Chiefs Washington also in the early window on Sunday. Chiefs are two and three. It's a rare spot for them. Clearly looking up at the Bills in the conference after getting destroyed by them at home. Looking up at the Chargers in the division. I think it's fair to say. Already lost to them this year. Is the magic on for the Chiefs? We'll see. I don't think it's a situation like a Brady Belichick thing where they were everyone would count them out seemingly every other year before they'd bounce back, win more championships. The Chiefs were destroyed in the Super Bowl last year, and it remains to be seen if they can climb out of this funk they're in or if it's a long-term type of thing. 
I'm not sure they'll get back to total almost domination where they were almost a lock to win every week. And they faced a Washington team coming off a loss to the Saints. Taylor Heineke was kind of off. He's another young quarterback that should benefit from more experience. He has a good matchup this week against Kansas City's leaky defense. Washington is out of nowhere today. They announced they're retiring Sean Taylor, the late great Sean Taylor's number. It's almost like that should be something that's announced months in advance so fans can plan and go to the game if they want to go to celebrate Taylor getting his number retired, his life, his career. It's kind of weird. Washington made the decision to announce it three days before the game with all the stuff that's swirling with the emails and everything, the Gruden emails, no Washington emails were leaked except for Gruden's. It's almost like a red herring that's being put out there. Just an interesting situation. Bears will host the Packers this week. Devontae Adams was went over 200 yards, was unstoppable against the Bengals last week. Both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were strong contributors out of the backfield. Meanwhile, the Bears have gotten going a little bit recently, but this will be a big test hosting Green Bay. The Packers beat them by double digits in both games last season. It might be a tough task for to ask Justin Fields to keep up with the Packers offense. Though again, the Bears have been playing well lately and we'll see if the defense can limit Rodgers and company. And for Justin Fields, another thing with him was funny last week. He said, I don't even know if we're going to be on this earth for the next 10 to 15 years in response to a question about like the future. And that was pretty hilarious because like, it's almost something that Kyle Shanahan said in the off season when, uh, he was getting questions about like Jimmy Garoppolo being the starter or whatnot. And Shanahan's like, I don't even know if we're going to be alive on Sunday. So it's almost like did the Niners pick the wrong guy. Fields looks like a natural fit with Shanahan based on their outlooks on not knowing about the future. So that was kind of funny. And finally for the one o'clock games, the Bengals played the Lions. It might just be too much firepower for Detroit to keep up with Cincinnati but the Lions are kind of surprising people this season playing, as I said, I think in the first show, they're going to play people tough and close. They easily could have beaten the Vikings last week. After the game, Dan Campbell got emotional because like, he knows how hard his players are working, trying to get a win, and he basically he, he was crying. I think that's something that will get the players to fight for him even harder if that's possible and to just get behind him both this season and long term it's a little different than like urban meyer said after the thursday night loss a couple of weeks ago that it was heartbreaking like meyer seems to just live and die with every single play campbell it was a little different where he's after the game showing some natural emotion we have three late afternoon window games this week. Cardinals-Browns features Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, two former teammates at Oklahoma, two former Heisman Trophy winners. 
it wouldn't be surprising if it's a similar game to the Browns Chargers game last week where there's a bunch of points scored. But the Cardinals defense is coming off a win in a defensive battle against the Niners. Arizona's pretty much showing they could win whatever type of game they need to win. Although keeping on Kyler Murray is dealing with a right shoulder injury. He was kind of grabbing at his shoulder a little bit on the bench last week. I saw he dealt with injury last year and that might've been what forced him to have like a really subpar second half compared to a crazy good first half last season. And the Browns and their two losses, they've had a shot at the end. The offense hasn't been able to come through, but they did score 42 points last week. It's not like they're not playing well. So they need the defense to step up and contain Murray and the Cardinals. Cowboys Patriots features arguably the two most well-known NFL franchises. Rating should be really good. It's in Foxborough, which is key as the Patriots look to pull off an upset. The Cowboys look like clear Super Bowl contenders. Patriots barely survived against the Texans last week. We'll see how Bill Belichick plays this Dallas offense, which can beat you. Whatever you do, they have an answer almost because they can run it really well. They can throw it. I think Cowboys-Patriots is clearly one of the top games of the week. And then Raiders-Broncos is the third late afternoon game on Sunday. Already hit on Vegas. Their situation, we'll see how they respond. They might respond and leaders like their car take control and they could play really well. They might fold. It's not ideal losing your head coach to something like this. And for the Broncos, they must prove their, like for real, their first three wins, their 3 0 start, were against the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Giants. They've lost to the Ravens and the Steelers the past two weeks. So this is a good test to see where they're really at in the division facing a fellow 3-2 and two team. The Sunday night game is Seahawks-Steelers. Geno Smith stepped in last Thursday night. Hadn't really played in a while because Russell Wilson always stays healthy. After Wilson's finger injury, which is going to force him out at least a month, maybe a couple of months. And it'll be the first missed games of Wilson's career. But Geno stepped in, and he ran the offense at a super high level, I thought. He was decisive, efficient, accurate. He has a quick release. He never really got a fair chance, I guess, in New York with the Jets. The situation where he was punched in the locker room it derailed things and then he never really found a spot where he could be a starter. But when he's played throughout his career, he's played well, he can run the offense. And I don't think the Seahawks are in total trouble offensively. At least the defense is the issue. The pass defense is just the secondary He's giving up way too many big plays. And, but this is a good opportunity for Gino to maybe show he can, Maybe this offseason contend for a starting job somewhere. And they'll go to Heinz Field and face a Steelers team that looked like it might have gotten back on track, maybe for good, beating the Broncos pretty handily. It was an eight-point game, but they were in control, got to an early lead. 
And after the game, Ben Roethlisberger said the Steelers' offensive line was challenged during the week of practice. And they responded. Clearly, Najee Harris went over 100 yards. Harris looked sensational, quick, powerful. You see why the Steelers took him in round one. I said the past couple of shows, I don't know how the Steelers get back on track. I think that was how running the ball, hitting big plays down the field. Big Ben's arm looked fine. He doesn't look done like many people say he is. Losing Juju Smith-Schuster for probably the season to a shoulder injury hurts, but Pittsburgh is deep at receiver. James Washington should step up. If the line is good and plays like they did last week against a pretty tough Broncos defense, the Steelers can contend, I think. And then to conclude week six, Monday night, Bills and Titans. The Bills are just... They're legitimately a juggernaut. They lead in points per game, points allowed per game, turnovers, turnover margin. They're a force with Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. The big thing is the pass rush. They improved there, adding a couple of early-round draft picks. Gregory Rousseau was AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Chiefs on Sunday night. Buffalo looked like it wasn't even a question who the better team was. Obviously, you beat them by that big of a margin in their home stadium. It was kind of interesting. I went on about to start the show how the one guy doesn't want to give the Bills any credit, Josh Allen in particular, any credit. Chris Collinsworth has been the same way. He was... The way he was talking about Allen was like shocking. It's like he had Al Michaels like laughing, like, are you serious? I guess I think Michaels said about how the early season MVP race, like Allen's got to be near the top or whatever, right? And like Consworth was like, I don't know. Like you need to open your eyes and put your biases aside. Allen is playing as well as anyone. I would say playing better than anyone aside from Tom Brady, who I don't put in the dis- discussion. He's the best player ever. He's kind of separate. But since the beginning of last season, I think Allen's played better than anyone. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers won the MVP last year. But I think Allen's been... I don't know what the critics have been watching. But he's an amazing quarterback. So yeah, hopefully somebody tells Collinsworth, like, Dude, you gotta you gotta put whatever maybe you didn't like him coming out of college or PFF didn't like him. You gotta put that aside. Allen's one of the greats in the game today. And for the Titans, Derrick Henry having him is a recipe for staying in almost any game. But it might be tough. The offense, the passing offense still isn't clicking fully. AJ Brown was kind of worked back in last week on a pitch count. We'll see if they unleash him more on Monday night. Julio Jones returned to practice this week. Looks like he should be back. But again, they haven't had many reps throughout the summer. They didn't practice much together. So it's still looking like a work in progress for Brown and Jones in the Tennessee offense with Ryan Tannehill. But Derek Henry can still carry them to victory. And again, Henry's basically playing like it's December already, going over 100 yards, like it's nothing. 
and all the Titans really need to do is kind of keep it close in the fourth quarter. The Bills are clutch, but if it's close in the fourth quarter, Henry against a worn-down defense is a recipe for a success. So it should be another good week. Again, four teams on a bye, but really good games on the schedule. And for the lock of the week, again, Patriots didn't come through last week. They got the win, but they didn't cover. It's close there. Our five I do like this week. One of them is a Thursday game, which is kind of shaky sometimes. But there are five on wolfsports.com. You can sign up and view them. But the main one, I'm stuck between Packers and Chargers. But I'll say Chargers plus three at the Ravens. I would say just the points. Taking the points for a team like the Chargers might not be a bad idea. But again, entertainment purposes only for this against the spread picks. We'll see how how they fare. Now to the questions, comments. If you have anything you want to share, or if you have any questions, you can send them in. David Chapin at wolfsports.com. Just email it in. Comments, questions, concerns. David John Gruden is a distraction to cover up all the other issues within the Washington organization. Steven from Colorado. Yeah, that's basically what I said early in the show. It seems like Gruden is kind of like a sacrifice for no other emails will probably come out of the 650,000, no owner emails, GM emails, whatever, for the Colin Kaepernick situation. Gruden was kind of the person. Again, his comments were not good at all. His private emails were not good at all. I don't agree with him as somebody that doesn't use that type of language and do that type of stuff, whatever. It's like Gruden was given up to the mob. Something to chew on. From an international fan, thanks for your podcast. Do you think there will ever be a franchise in Europe? Freddie from Germany. There's talk of German games, actually. This viewer's from Germany. Um, there's talk of German games soon, as soon as next season, I believe. As for a whole franchise, I think that'll happen at some point. One of the issues is, like, travel. Like, this season, how the Falcons and the Jets right now, they're on a bye because they just played in London. It's not an easy trip going to another continent. That's the issue. It's with the home games. That team is going to have to travel here to the U.S. for half their games, and they're going to have U.S.-based teams going over to them. It's a long flight both ways, obviously. Maybe it would help if somehow, I don't know how you do it, but if travel is somehow sped up in the future. The NFL clearly expanding the regular season to 17 games, probably 18 games at some point, and getting into whatever, the sports betting and everything, all their actions, it's kind of about money. Europe is a huge market, too. They're expanding there with, again, the potential games in other countries, not just England and Mexico. Eventually, there probably will be a franchise in Europe. London is the obvious first choice they've held plenty of games there over the years 
it's just a matter of who the owner will be, if it's an expansion team or what. There's been talk of the Jaguars going there at some point. I wouldn't rule that out. So interesting question. Thank you. So we covered a lot this week. Every game we went through again. It should be a good stretch, including the primetime games are good again. No Russell Wilson hurts for Seattle, but I think most football fans are interested to see how Geno Smith does. Thursday night, Brady going going against the team he played twice in the Super Bowl, one win, one loss, and that was a different team, but that should be fun. And then to end the week, Buffalo, Tennessee is should be a good one. We'll see how the Titans look offensively and how they try to contain the Bills attack. So it should be a good week. Enjoy the games. And with that one, episode six of the Wolf Sports Show. Thank you for listening.